Welcome, everyone, to the Superpowers for Good show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and I'm really excited. Today, we've got a special guest, Ichi Mon, uh, who's with, uh, he's really one of the great peacemakers in the world. In fact, he was recognized by the Association of, of Peacemakers this year as the, as the U.S. Peacemaker of the Year. So please, uh, you know, you don't want to miss this episode. Uh, DG, it's really an honor to have you on the show. Welcome. Same here. Thank you for the invitation. Well, we're, we're thrilled, thrilled to have you and appreciate you making the time for this. Um, tell us about NAFCM. Sure. The National Association of Community Mediation was founded almost 30 years ago and in 2024 will be our 30th anniversary by our members, our members, which are known as community mediation centers and community mediators, were individuals that were inspired by or reacted to the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which is having its 60th anniversary next year. So we're doing a 3060 focus at NAFCOM. The Civil Rights Act, for those not familiar with the section we grow out of, said that anywhere there is a disagreement, a disturbance, a disruption, all of us are involved in that disagreement, disturbance, disruption. And so how can all of us lean into that to create, to co-create, if you will, opportunities for peace, opportunities for engagement, and opportunities for justice? Justice at its core, being seen, being heard, being valued, being respected, being recognized that all of us are in this world together, connected in a way that when we truly embrace each other, each of us become more of who we've always wanted to be, destined to be. And so with that in mind, we formed, our members formed associations throughout the country. Many of them came and went. Our, our longest one that we're aware of is 1973, is still continuing to this day, and moved forward creating these opportunities in their communities to have, to recognize that the true justice system is when individuals sit down and co-create their response together. And that the court system as we know it is in reality the alternative dispute resolution building system for when you just can't work it out, when it just can't move forward in a way that everyone connected is comfortable with the resolution that was co-created. In that process, the members realized in the 70s and the 80s that they were doing amazing work that really wasn't known beyond their communities, beyond those that were inspired to co-create these centers. So in 1994, they met um, for a week, I'm told, uh, sometimes a tense week, to say, what would we look like if we were able to create a national organization that could amplify our voices, what we're experiencing, what we see. What would we look like if we could create a national organization that could aggregate our wisdom? What they do in Los Angeles is very different than what they do in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. 
So how do we aggregate that together in a way that each of us can learn from each other? And how can we create a national voice that will keep our work going forward to make sure those with resources are able to support our work, either through their talent and their time as volunteers or through their dollars to make sure we're able to continue to offer these opportunities for co-created peace, justice, and engagement. In that process, they came up with our vision, which is that community mediation is community mobilization. What that means is all of us have the ability to make the choices on what is in our best interest. And it's when those choices of best interest may rub up against each other that all of us need to be able to sit down, lean in, see each other, and figure out what we want to do about it. In that process, they all created what we call the nine hallmarks. The nine hallmarks can be broken into three categories. The first one is, how well am I doing as a center? Key to that is, am I anchored in the community I serve? So many times people swoop in, say, I have the program for you. I have the solution. They don't even know who the you is. Then they swoop out because some amazing funder gave them the resources to do that. And many times leave the community, if not in a worse place, in a no different place. And so how do we make sure that we stay anchored in that community we serve, that we are representing the community we serve, so that we are inside together in the struggle of co-creating how we want to exist as a community. The second part of the Hallmark 6 and 7 are looking at how do we relate with alternative systems for justice, whether it be the court system, the schoolhouse, or other avenues in which people go to to seek resolution of conflict, and how well do we relate and connect with those already doing the work. So there are lots of people doing peace work in the community. We don't have to necessarily focus on co-creative peace. If there are a lot of people doing justice work, we don't have to focus on it. What our focus may be is how do we weave that together? How do we help create a space where all these people doing amazing work can be strengthened by each other? So that's our middle section. Our last two hallmarks, eight and nine, are how we go outside of the conflict itself. How do we make sure the systems in our communities are responsive to the community they're serving? How can we help people connect with their schools? I, I lead at schools because we have an amazing funding stream through the AAAs to test what we're calling the community school toolbox on how to help reconnect the schools, re-anchor the schools in the community that surrounds them. We work with amazing partners on that with George Mason University and with Living Room Conversations. That's an example of us looking at the system that's out there. How can we strengthen it so it does what it wants to do? 
which is to stay connected and in the case of schools to help educate our children and adults, not only in the ABCs and in math and sciences, but also how to be good citizens. So that would be eight to nine with nine being, how do we do this? And that's why I'm so thrilled for this opportunity because you're helping us live at Hallmark Nine, which is letting other people know about what we do. Yeah, well, it's such vitally important work that you're doing, and I'm so grateful that you're doing it. Uh, I want to uh, drill down a little bit on this award that you received uh, from the Alliance of Peacemakers, right? Uh, and uh, the award was the U.S. Peacemaker of the Year, I think. Is that right? Yes, uh, sir. Tell us a little bit about that recognition, what it means and what it recognizes. It means uh, it means it means tremendous to our movement. Um, it humbling me. I thought it was solely for the folks I represent, and then they were presenting. They started talking about me, and I'm generally not someone who likes to be in the front of the room. I'm much better in the back of the room. Uh, so it was very humbling for me and a true honor for those that are doing this work every day. When you look at situations around the country, our centers are helping to hold the space so that people can stay focused on the conflict and not create side issues where it becomes more personal or becomes more violent. It is personal absolutely when we're in conflict. And it is violent in that we feel unsettled. We feel a lot of different emotions. That's not ignoring that, but how do we help people be able to be in that space in a way that really is growth producing for everybody? So it was a great honor to receive it, to have our members, again, 60 years since the Civil Rights Act, 30 years since NAFCOM, be recognized by this amazing international organization that itself does such amazing peace work around the globe as well as in our country. Well, it, it, it seems to me to be an appropriate uh, honor to recognize you and the work that you and your organization have been doing. So congratulations, congratulations. You know, it seems to me that we're in an extremely challenging time uh, right now in the United States that um, by some measures, right, there, there's as deep a division in the country as there was leading up to the Civil War, right? I mean, it's, it's really pretty fundamental. Uh, I, you know, I, I was having dinner with some folks a week or two ago, and one of my friends who is a you know, a, a committed Republican. I am not. I ran for Congress as a Democrat a few years back. Um, it, it was interesting to me that he he made the comment that I was one of his dear friends, but he couldn't explain why, because we have such opposite views. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing about that. Uh, if you go back 10 or 20 years, it would never have occurred to him that we should agree on all of these things, right? That we didn't test our friendships based on whether or not you voted for the same person for president. You could go to a dinner party and talk casually about the fact that you voted 
for the other guy. Um, what is it that's going on in our country and how does your work help us bridge those tensions to get us back to a place where we can be friends with our friends again? That's a wonderful question and thank you. I think there's several things to keep in mind. Our, our country has always had significant tensions. There's a lot of research, there's actually nine different cultures within what we call uh, the United States. That's also recognizing our First Nations as well. And those cultures have different ways of living out who they are. And so many times we've had that struggle between our own cultures. We've had past leaders in our history that have ignored the Supreme Court, that have ignored Congress. I think while these times are tense, there are times we've been through before. And I ask people to keep that in mind. I ask your viewers to keep that in mind because it gives me tremendous hope that if we can get through some of those events that our country has gone through since its establishment, we can get through this as well. And part of the way to get through that is recognizing our shared values. Regardless of the political spectrum, everyone I've worked with, they want to be heard. That is a shared value we have. Everyone that I get to work with, my members, the members of NAFCA get to work with, they want their children to be safe. Everyone that I get to work with and in the communities I work with want to be in a place where they feel connected, whether it's connected to individuals with whom they live close to, or whether connected to a larger vision in our community. That is the desire we all have. Those are values we hold. So what our members get to do and, and work with is how do we unpack what we call the coats we wear? In, in the case you mentioned, our Democratic coat, our Republican coat, I really don't care coat, our independent coat, whatever it may be. How do we get beyond seeing just that and allow ourselves to see the shared value that we have in common? And I think that's how we get back to friends because the friends I have are people that I care about and care about me that we're safe, that we are taken care of, that we have our basic needs met. Whether those needs be a roof over our head, food on the table, that we care about that. And that we should recognize that because someone chooses to do something, it doesn't mean they're against you. I'm, I live in a part of the country where most people I know hunt. People who are vegetarians may find that offensive, and that's okay. What they don't have the right to do is tell me we can't hunt. And it's when you get to that place where you believe everyone needs to be the same, that's when we've begun to ignore one of the beautiful gifts of our country is that we do have these nine very distinctive cultures that have always been co-creating, have always been trying to figure it out. And if we can embrace that beauty, then we know you don't have to agree with me, whether it be about hunting, whether about being a vegetarian, or whether it be about what political alignment you have. 
It's not necessary. In fact, it's a gift that our country has given us that we have cultivated those different types of ways of connecting with, with each other. And that's what our members get to do every day. And that's why that's I'm so fantastic. honored to represent them. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Well, listen, everyone, we're here with uh, DG Mon, uh, and uh, we are, I mean, Peacemaker of the Year. We're so lucky to have him. Uh, we're going to pause now for a quick uh, commercial break, but uh, stick around. When we come back, we'll talk to DG about his superpower. Join us at Supercrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. November 30th at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Learn how to build stronger communities with investment crowdfunding on December 20th at 1 Eastern. Dorian Dickinson, founder and CEO of Funding Hope, will explain how to use investment crowdfunding as a tool for community building. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. We're grateful for the support of our sponsors and co-hosts. Ever wonder if you can raise money with a community round on WeFunder? It may not be as tricky as you think. You can start right now in under two minutes. Visit wefunder.s4g.biz or scan the QR code to begin. Give it a try. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with DG Mon. We're going to be talking now about his superpowers, so stick around. Uh, DG, uh, you've accomplished some great things, and and let's highlight, of course, uh, Peacemaker of the Year. What is your superpower? Well, Thank you for that that question. Again, being someone who uh, likes being the back of the stage, I'm, uh, I really sat with that because that is the name of your program. And I asked friends and acquaintances, how would you define that if you did for me? And I think where people landed is the power of helping them remember who they are, who they want to be, who they can be and that they can be who they want to be and who they are. And that ability to help people remember what they want, what is important to them, is something that I was told is, if you will, a superpower. And I think that's accomplished by the first thing I try to do is to be still and to listen. What wow. is on someone's mind? What are they trying to do? Yeah, that's great. Uh, I want to dig a little deeper, though. This, this is such a, a profoundly important uh, superpower. I know everyone who's listening is going to be wanting to figure out kind of how to to do this. But um, you you started down this path. You said it starts by listening, really hearing people. Uh, how yes, else would you coach us to develop this ability? to see, help people remember who they are and uh, to reflect that in an appropriate way. I'm going to start with how you end is how to reflect it is by you reflecting it first. And the way for you to reflect it is remember your superpower, to remember what who, who you wanted to be when you were a kid or who was important to you when you were a kid and why were they important? What about them? 
helped you feel calm, help you feel okay with being your true, authentic person that really looked at you and said, what I see is someone absolutely amazing, just the way you are. Go back and think about those individuals. How did they help you get to that space of calm, that that space of being seen, and then give that gift to the people around you? Emulate that. And by emulating that, people will continue to then emulate what they experience from you. Most of us like to be in places where we are feeling good. And a key to that in that remembrance that I recommend for people is to journal, to take time to write down your thoughts. Every day before I put my head down, I sit and I think, What is one thing I learned today that I wasn't as clear about for the day began? And what is one thing that was new, unexpected, that happened? And to give thanks for the opportunity for those things to come into my life. And for me to spend a moment or two to think about why they were important to me. We spend so much time running that when I did research over 20 years ago, it was about 85% of what we do is our subconscious telling us this is what happened. Two years ago, studies came out saying it's 93%. So all those phones and tablets and I can multitask 10 things at a time may allow you to accomplish things in the moment. It's also allowing you to lose yourself. So I would ask your viewers to recapture who they are, because that's going to help them help others remember themselves as well. Yeah, that's a, a fascinating tip. You know, I I think there's uh, a temptation, right, to think about what happens to us uh, in, in negative ways. And the, the way you have framed the exercise, uh, you know, what did I learn today? Well, you can have a pretty crummy day and and recognize you learned something from the crummy yes. day yes and what you said then is be grateful for that right give thanks for that well that's, that's right. there's a little bit of profundity here right when you're talking about today might have had some challenges i learned from that i'm grateful for what i learned wow i i guess i i don't have to necessarily be grateful for all the crappy things that happened mm-hmm that I can be grateful to have learned something from those experiences, right? You're absolutely correct. And in that learning, you can learn how not to have as crappy a day the next day because you learned, well, what caused it? And how did I contribute to it? And if I thought it was crappy, maybe I don't want to contribute to it in that way. And it allows you to regain in that remembrance your own power that you have the power to make choices. You have the power to decide when you're going to be transparent. You have the power to decide how you show up in every moment. Re-embrace that. Hold it. Allow it to feed you. And that crappy day turns into, yeah, I really wouldn't want to repeat that again. I assure you, I I have enough of those. However, I also am thankful for what did I learn? So I don't 
facilitate that same crappy day tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, as we wrap up here now, I wonder if you would just take a minute and and help our guests or our uh, audience uh, figure out how to connect with you and learn more about Peacemaker of the Year uh, and and the organization you lead and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Just take a minute. Thank you. I, I would contact nafcom.org, check out the webpage, write to us, let us know our members, our associate members are people who believe in what I just shared with you. They believe that they can help people co-create their choices. They believe that all of us have a right to justice. They believe in the messiness of engagement. It's not clean. It's not neat. It's not always comfortable. And sometimes it's scary. And that's okay because we're in a community together. We're in this movement together as a community. I'd invite you to come join, come learn, come grow, help shape who we are because we're only as strong as every one of our members and give us the opportunity to help shape you. Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, again, DG, we are grateful for the time you've taken with us. We want to wish you every success and the great work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Let's do some good.